Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. What a great way to start a show with a fantastic piece of music. I'm still talking over it. Um, it's very dreamy, that music. Um, that is a very special piece off of a um, new CD and new release by Jerry Leonard, who is with us in the studio along with my co-host Spencer Drake. Welcome to a special show on Red Velvet Media with the Indie Cafe. And, um, 
If you'd like to tune in, you can do so by um, going into the chat room, or if you'd like to call in, our number is 347-677-1036. This show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio On Demand. Um, So Jerry Leonard, um, that song is just so cool. He's got a very unique sound, as you can tell, and, and I mean, the whole album is just so different. So um, Jerry has quite a extensive background. Not only is he a guitar player, songwriter, and producer, he played with Bowie as his guitar player on a few albums in his tour, a recent tour, and Suzanne Vega, and then Spooky Ghost, so, um, which is going to be playing. I believe he's going to give us a little information about that. So let me bring both Jerry and also my co-host Spencer Drake um, both calling in, I believe, from New York. Welcome to the show, both of you. Hold on, I'm waiting for the other. There we go. Everybody's there. <laughs> hi, hi. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hi, Spencer. So, hey, you know, hey, hi, Jerry. I thinking, hi, Holly. <laughs> I was just thinking something. You know what, Spencer, when we talked to Jerry before, Jerry, you're from Dublin. Um, you know who else yeah. is from um, Ireland? It's Willie Nile, that whole deal. So it's like, his his grandfather is father, so this is kind of cool, you know. Yeah, we had yeah. That, uh, And besides Willie, we had Mark Geary. Remember Mark Geary oh, from Ireland? Mark. Yeah, oh, I know Mark. Oh, he's great. Yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah, and he's a so super welcome. artist, and uh, he is. Yeah, great music. Great, yep. great yep. music, and as really tough is. as nails. Really he's a great guy. Your music is amazing, and um, I know that you played with Bowie, and I know that that was a really big part of your life and I know you have other things and working yeah. with Suzanne Vega and your own projects yeah. and also didn't you hear you know now that I listen to that song spent a little bit more yeah. a second yeah. or third time I mean it's like I've, I've heard that song quite a lot it's called the orchard keeper and I want to have you Jerry tell our listeners a little bit about the the meaning behind that but I wanted to say, yeah. I did hear, because I know you worked with Roger Waters, I did hear a little Roger Waters influence in there, too. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, well they're definitely all, all in the same water, um, Holly. You know, Pink Floyd were, were, you know, one of the great pillars of music mm-hmm. when we were coming up, you know. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that track "Orchard Keeper" is actually from it's the t- it's the opening track from the first solo record. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little spotty when it comes to the records. You know, I did that was the first record I did, and it was actually done on an eight track in my kind of like oh, little really? bedsit apartment in in on Ludlow Street wow. in New York. Yeah, and I was <laughs> kind of like, um, you know, I just come to New York, <clears throat> and I was. You know, I I was getting gigs here and there, but I was also doing whatever odd jobs I could, <clears throat> and I'd I'd left all my bands behind from from Dublin. That's how I came up. I grew up in Dublin, and I was always in a band. And then, you know, everything had run its course. I moved to New York, so um, this Spooky Ghost uh, project became a good place to put my my writing. I was still writing. I'd always written as a band member, so um, that's mm-hmm. that's how Spooky Ghost kind of came about. And and this first track is, you know, I was I was really kind of obsessed with with minimalism. <laughs> um, not that mm-hmm. it's particularly minimal, but it, I was interested in the in a more simple kind of landscape than than all of the kind of pop rock music that I'd come from. You know. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, the album that I have, that um, uh, Spooky Ghost, the Light Machine, it's very uh, that's yeah. in that vein, you know, all the all the yeah, tracks. That's, yeah, yeah. This the 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 Light Machine is is a little more. Um, it's like part two of this whole project, and that I was able to do. I'd start. I'd by that time I'd started to play live. So this record is actually performed live with a trio, and then we overdubbed on top of it. And uh, I was very inspired by the Talk Talk records, especially Spirit of Eden. Oh, absolutely. um, Mm -hmm. You know, I love that record and uh, Laughing Stock. So this was a kind of like a nod to that in a sense. Uh, But I love the sound of the the Light Machine record. It has this nice, big, expansive sound. It does. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. 
But this orchard keeper, this one has such a different sound to it. Like you said, it has a minimalistic sound to it, and yeah. um, I like it. It's it's very it's kind of haunting, but it's very um, it has a it has a really an up feeling. It's it's very intricate. There's so many different parts to that song, so right. I can see right. you liked doing that, and uh, that was. From your first project when you first moved here, and then you got into playing yeah. with David Bowie and onward and well, forward. Or? Yeah, not yeah. The David thing came came later, but Spooky Ghost was a big part of that. I think Spooky mm-hmm. Ghost for me when I moved to New York became that was the nickname for my guitar playing when I was I was in one band in Dublin called mm-hmm. Hinterland. We got signed to Island Records, and this was mm-hmm. right before I moved to New York, but about three or four years this project went along and it was a very exciting time you know to finally get signed to a major label meet Chris Chris Blackwell go to New York make a video with Matt Meharan you know we were like we're on our way pack your bags you know and uh, like so many you know bands um, it it ran its course and that's when I moved to New York but Spooky Ghost being the um, my friend Donald nicknamed my guitar playing Spooky Ghost and, and then this project came along for me to continue to play the way that I wanted to play. I loved moving to New York and starting to work with other artists now and fitting in as a guitar player and trying to address other artists' music with my own kind of aesthetic. But the Spooky mm-hmm. Ghost thing was it was like a way for me to just be free and to play the way that I wanted to play and and to write music that I that that I wanted to write. And um it was it was through those little coffeehouse gigs that um you know one thing led to another but david came to one of those um oh wow um and uh, after that he he asked me to to join his band so wow. spooky ghost oh, wow. has That's its great. you know it's kind of the thread between everything you know mm-hmm. um yeah so you know i met david by just being um you know when i moved to new york i just started working on the scene as a guitar player and you meet an artist and uh, work with them and maybe their producer and he might get you in on an, on another project and one thing leads to another. Um, that's how I met Susan. I worked with Duncan Sheik for many years and love um, Duncan. Hine, yeah. yeah, we love Duncan and, and Rupert, uh, Duncan and I, I bonded, bonded <laughs> we bonded over Talk Talk actually. They were it was both our favorite record, and when we found that out, it was kind of like, okay, done deal. We, we're on yeah. the same well, page. Well, my favorite too. Love Talk Talk. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, album. it was such a, you know, it was it, that that was such a vanguard album. It was right on the edge of, you know, uh, nobody had made a record like that, and um, I think it inspired a, a lot of uh, a lot of people. Um, but yeah, so I worked with Duncan, and then his producer Rupert Hine um, started to work with Suzanne Vega, and then called me in on the Suzanne session. So that was that's the kind of been the kind of flow for things. Um, there was a guy called Mark Platty who I worked also with Duncan, and then on another bunch of project projects. Uh, Mark's a great producer engineer, and had um, produced the Earthling record with David and uh, programmed and you know he's a real genius a bass player programmer engineer Mm -hmm. producer and so but mark knew my playing and asked me to play on a david track that he was producing um in in secret hush hush she kind of passed it off to me and said do something at home and bring it into me tomorrow and i did and david really liked it And, and so they kept you know calling me back and then eventually david came down to see spooky ghost gig and and then apparently he'd said to mark he said can Jerry rock? This was the big, big <laughs> question. You know, cause I, I guess I was going in the uh-huh. studio and playing all these little, little, um, you know, atmosphere kind of things that he really liked. But he was like, "Can Jerry rock?" So he came to the gig. <laughs> but you know, we had we played with guitar, bass, and drums. Um, great drummer Jay Bellrose um, and uh, Paul Bryan on bass. And this was our. They're the guys that are on the Light Machine record, and they're super musicians. So, in our own way, I think we did rock. You know, the the little coffee mm-hmm. house, and David was suitably impressed, and it started my relationship with David. You know, which was an amazing, amazing thing in my life. I have to say, great I journey feel very for lucky. you, huh? The thing about yeah. the album that I heard is that Paul uh, Paul Ryan is, uh, produced the album, right, uh, Jerry? 
I'm sorry, Paul Bryan. Yes, he did. Yes, Paul Bryan. So he must have had you must have had a good real link up with him in order to produce the album. You know what I mean? To me, the producer has a big play on the sound and production, right? And all yeah. those intricacies. So you must have mm-hmm. had a great bond, right? Really yeah, we did. Well, bond. Paul and I met met uh, on sessions. He was out of Boston. He was, and then we became friends very quickly. We just clicked and. And I loved the way he played, and I loved when he came and played my music. It's like he could read my mind when I would I would right. play these things, and I'd be like, wow. like I don't want somebody to just play a straight bass line here. And he'd be like, just play it, and and he would just come in and play, and I'm like, great, I don't have to say anything. He's doing all the right things. And so then, I, it was funny. I I I'd gotten a, an apartment out in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I mean, there was an, it was. Nobody knew where Greenpoint was in those days. It was in the early 90s. And, um, uh, you know, the apartment, I got this little railroad apartment for $500, and it was magic, you know, like, great. I set up all my stuff. And then the neighbors upstairs were this couple, and they would always be fighting and stuff, and then they eventually broke up and they left. <laughs> you know, yeah. and the apartment became free, and I was like, I know somebody who wants this apartment. I, wow. my. My Polish landlady was uh, the, she owned a funeral home across the street, <laughs> and, and I would go over to her and said, "I have somebody for you. He's, he's yeah. a really good person." And so um, Paul came and moved in upstairs. Oh, me. that's great! So we were wow. not only friends but neighbors, and he would drop right, down for coffee, and he had a studio there, and I oh, cool. full of keyboards and basses, and I had a studio yep. downstairs full of guitars and. Whatnots, and so we would do these sessions. People would send us drives, and we would do like bass, keyboards, guitars, you know, and hang out and and um, listen to music and and uh, drink coffee and and uh, sometimes some wine, and it was it was it was lovely, you know. So it would. So that you, is. You were so right cool. on when you said that, Spencer, because uh, yeah. Paul was, you know, he became my like. Let me produce this. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make this session happen. And you can just be be an artist, and it was an amazing uh, experience for me. It was it was such a treat to just kind of be like, oh, this is what it feels like to have people you, running you know, around. You know, you remind me, Jerry. You remind me a lot of the early Robert Fripp, Brian Eno experimentation oh, album. Oh yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I could yeah. see I could see Brian Eno and even Peter Gabriel's Real World getting into your music. Both of them, you know, getting into well, your music the way you do. Yeah, very good call. I, 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 Brian Eno is is a is a real favorite of mine. I love his, especially his records like The Pearl, uh, with yeah. Harold Budd, and mm-hmm. um, you know, records like that are are very inspirational. And then just the way the man thinks and the way he acts right. and the way he thinks. Um, I love I, I love it. It's so refreshing because I think, you know, as musicians, sometimes we can get locked into the instrument, and and it's really, you know, the instrument should be the instrument. It shouldn't be the from whence the, it shouldn't be a prison. You know what I mean? We should be able to yeah. come in from mm-hmm. the outside to the instrument. So do you feel? It's not. Do you feel he was a yeah. mentor in a way, Jerry? Yeah, I would say. Well, a big influence. You know, his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's somewhere between. Um, you know, um, well, his music and um, and some classical music for me, people like Arvo Part and um, uh, but he was he was yeah he was a big influence. I, I just he um, he's got a great way of 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 looking at things. He's got a great overview and kind of looking at things from a different perspective. Which you do, mm-hmm. which is. That's why, you know, like uh, the early Fripp and Eno albums, or if anybody knows music, those albums were really out of the mm-hmm. box, right? It's kind of like yeah, what music are. is, in a sense, and the freedom. You could feel the freedom. In right, exactly, yeah. Holly. Really, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were. They were cutting yeah. edge yeah. type of, like, out of the box, as Spencer and I like to say, you know, with certain things. Yeah. I feel totally experimental on that, yeah. Um, you know, what really gets me about all the different sounds with Jerry is, you know, where are you getting all your influences from with most of the people that you've talked about? But when you played with Bowie, did you get, did you get a different influence when you were in that period of time playing with him? You know, I did. It was, it was interesting, Holly. I mean, he, 
I think he definitely got me uh, involved because they were going to do the low record and the heathen mm-hmm. record, which are both have this kind of like sonic element to them. And he wanted somebody who could just kind of like do that. I, I'd been interested, the whole Spooky Ghost thing was, the whole, it's it's one thing to do it in the studio, but like I wanted to do it live in front of people in the room because it changes, um, the energy changes. So it's got to be like an extension of your instrument to be able to create create these. It's almost like emotional spaces, not to get too high and mighty about it. But I think, you know, when you no, put that totally kind of that. soundscape around it it it's it's like incense in the room it really starts mm-hmm. to permeate and then um you know uh, other things can happen from that background and and that's what i was interested in um and so when i got to be with david obviously you know he plays this pretty uh well a, a wide range but there's one element that uh which is a real kind of like rock and roll in a raw sense uh, not in a kind of polished or um, overly produced kind of way, but there's this kind of raw energy, if you think about um, you know, Mick Ronson and those days, um, yeah. and mm-hmm. even the way Earl Slick mm-hmm. plays, who is who I got the pleasure of, of becoming friends with, but those guys, oh. there's, a, there's a sense of danger and, and, you know, there's real rock and roll. So when I got to play with David, I got to play with, the, with these, these guys who had, who had invented this, kind of rock and roll in a sense and it was a real learning curve for me because you know he may have said can jerry rock but i I felt like i went to rock school with the with the greatest guys because (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, i I like i like uh, playing in that drier kind of you know more grounded sense i love i like the the sound of the guitar like that but it's not my first go-to but like Mm -hmm. playing with those guys you realize it's you know, it's a, it's about a feel, and it's about, um, you know, being able to sit in with the bass and the drums and really make things powerful uh, in that sense. And then I could flip over into this role as kind of like super ambient. We were playing these, you know, and huge gigs, and to to be able to create this kind of sonic space suddenly in this room, it was it was really great. You know, it was a, it was a great experience. So, so yes, it changed my playing, and I think I'm a better guitar player for right. the experience of it and also how did, we played how did you hook up with, with rufus wainwright with rufus mm-hmm. um that kind of came um from the R- rufus was working with a great producer called marius de Fries, and um he he was working on the want one and want two records and marius had seen the bowie band live and so they came they're up in woodstock here which is not i'm upstate New York, not too far from me. And, you know, I guess they were going through guitar players trying to find a good fit with Rufus's music. And um, and they just called me. They said, uh, Marius had seen me play with David and, and said, well, let's, you know, let's try this guy kind of thing. And, and uh, so I came up and Rufus's music is pretty complicated um, yeah, because it's very true composed and he's, he's such a natural musician. He's got this kind of Brian Wilson kind of genius about him and yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's influences of orchestral and and um, all kinds of things coming into this music and so um, but I charted I really wanted the, the gig so I, I, ch- I spent some time I charted it all out as best I could and and um, I think when I went there they were they were kind of like really suddenly impressed that somebody actually knew Rufus's music that it wasn't just kind of like well let's just play through it and see what happens kind of thing because there was so many twists and turns. And so I was able to kind of like respect those things. And it's difficult sometimes to fit the ambiences into such tight spaces. But, you know, I, I've, I've found ways over the years. Anyway, it was a good match. And um, they kept asking me to stay on and play on more and more tracks. And, wow. and uh, so I ended up on those two records because those sessions spanned so many songs. That's awesome. One one and one two. And then he called me mm-hmm. back um for the release of the Stars record. And over the years he'd always um asked me to if I could tour and I always had conflicts and then there was one time when it just kinda of worked out and um I ended up going on the road for a year with him and Oh wow. Be, sub- yeah. yeah, yeah. And became his M D and all those kinds of things. I got myself into you know 
I always seem to get uh, enough rope to hang myself. But anyway, yeah. it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was, it was your, a great, uh, great band. You have a great connection great with Suzanne Vega, right? That's the other mm-hmm. artist that's very interested in that you work with. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I first met Suzanne in, in, in the year 2000, so it's really been a long time now. And uh, I mentioned maybe uh, that I'd been working with a producer, Rupert Hine, and Rupert was to produce her Songs in Red and Grey record. And mm-hmm. called me up and said, "Would you like to come in the studio?" And 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 I'm doing two tracks for Suzanne Vega, and I'd love you to come be part of the session band. And I was like, "Oh my God, uh, I'd love to," because I grew up with her music, um, mm-hmm. you know, in um, in Dublin, and as we were aspiring in our bands, you know, and uh, and so I went in the studio and I met her, and uh, uh, everything clicked, and I stayed on and did the record, and then. I think I've played on all the Suzanne records since then. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, You're really cool. And now we do... co-write some, right? Yeah, so, you know, the last, the last few years we've been touring as a duo. I'm, I think mm-hmm. through this kind of spooky ghost thing that I do, I've been able to bring that to Suzanne's uh, world as her accompanist. And so it's an interesting show, uh, just the two of us, because she's obviously such a beautiful singer and artist and poet and then um i can do i can sneak in some of these spooky ghost things you know only the Mm -hmm. pretty sounding ones none of the nasty stuff and uh (laughs) and and so then you know i think maybe as you work with an artist you, you kind of gain their trust and and um uh i've been i've been getting into more producing records so um i'd asked to produce her beauty and crime record but they went with mm-hmm. somebody else, and then when the next one came around, I said, "Well, look, let me do a demo of a, of this song, um, one that I actually co-wrote with her because I was helping her finish up the writing on the record as kind of a, um, her uh, touring partner and and uh, MD." And then uh, so I produced the track, and they really liked it, so I got to produce the whole record, um, mm-hmm. which was terrific, you know. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, and what I, an accomplishment! Yeah, they really yeah, yeah. It's, an, it's like it's, a dream. It's really interesting. You're living a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'm certainly making it sound that way. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's been. Your life is that way. Yeah, no. For him to have been listening to her back in Dublin, and then to find himself working right. and writing yeah. and, pro- you know, producing yeah. her—that's amazing. Um, you know, yeah. Jerry, I wanted to ask you, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Spooky Ghost and how that came to be and uh, about the um, new album and when you're, and you have a gig coming up Monday, you said, and what you're currently yeah. working on. Yeah, so um, when I'm off the road, uh, Spooky Ghost is, is the thing that, that I'm able to do um, uh, mm-hmm. because very often it's a labor of love. It's just It's just me trying to, uh, you know, do new things or write new music. And so when I'm home, I try and there's a little club called Rockwood down in New York city. Oh yeah. And there's, mm-hmm. and it's a great spot for music. They actually have two or three rooms going and, um, I love to play in Rockwood three. It's, it's downstairs and I'm going to play there on Monday night at seven o'clock, seven to eight. It's, uh, um, nice. it's a quick, it's a quick little thing, but it's a nice room and I love to play there. And, uh, it's always, a little experimental. I'm not sure what pieces I'm going to play, and even when I play them, what twists and turns are going to happen. And right. uh, there's a nice gang that come down, and and uh, so it's a really fun thing. So if anybody's in New York City, um, it's Rockwood Three. It's down on the Lower East Side, and uh, we'll be on at seven o'clock sharp, and we'll be gone by eight. You won't even know what happened to you. You know? Do you, do you know? You know? I got Jerry. You know? You know who plays there that I that I have seen a couple of times and always loves that, but is uh, James McCartney, uh, Paul's son. Oh, he nice. Plays, oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He plays there. He yeah. loves that club, and I've been down there. I love that club because there's such a showcase club. There's so many great, right, new musicians, right? So it's like a really yes. great place, established or a new musician playing there. It's a great showcase yes. club. Yes, and and the, the, it's very well run and good sound, and yeah. it's comfortable for the audience and it's comfortable for the artists, and uh, it's very social. So yeah. it's it's a nice place, you know. It's my yeah. big outing to the city. I come down from the country, yeah. 
with my turnips in the back of the van, you know, and uh, sell my turnips. <laughs> hey, listen, talk to us about the looper. I I love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the looper that you. Uh, we had sound. a one of one of my one of our uh, guests was Joseph Arthur, who I've worked with, who always uses the looper whenever he performs, and you get this yeah. robust sound right from that. I yeah. always love. That. Tell us about the looper and your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it's something that's become more available. But if you thought of it as uh, the way I think of it is, is a little, it's like a little recorder that's kind of listening mm-hmm. as you go. And, you know, you can hit it on a, you know, if you do something, for instance, in time, if I was playing four bars of chords, I could hit it, at, you know, beat one, bar one, and I'll hit it again at beat one on bar five. And now I have a four bar I've captured a little four-bar loop of something. And so that enables me then to play on play on top of it like an overdub and either record that also or just keep it. So that's the principle of it. But it's also a way for me, if I generate these kind of ambiences, I can capture little parts of them. And then I can play with the, the speed of it and I can play with, I can reverse its direction, for instance. And you can really develop these uh, almost like, you know, it's almost like an Indian, to me, it's like an Indian music when you have yeah. the um, tambura behind. The idea is that the, there's a drone and then the music comes from the drone. And that's the philosophy of the kind of Indian There's classical magical. music. So it's, it's a magical So it's kind of sound. a similar thing to me is you, you create this drone or ambience and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's harmonic, but it's not necessarily structured. And then you can kind of like... Uh, put something over it. So I try and think with the compositions that they would have these kind of, um, you know, uh, elements to them. And uh, it makes for an interesting experience when we when we play live because it's also ever-changing and um, I'll try one something one night and it'll, you know, it'll be fantastic and next night maybe, maybe not. But it's also very exciting because it, it keeps you on edge a little bit. Yeah, that, that's um, what I've noticed when musicians play with it. It it always is changing, just like you said. It, it's never the same concert each yeah. night. It's a different sound. Yeah. And well, for me, why yeah. I love it is because you become more than one person. It's almost like the sound is of a, 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 a series of different instrumentation behind you. You know what I mean? It's like you're full yeah. in it, you're expanded yeah. in sound. Right? Yes, exactly. So it, it allows for that. It allows for me, for instance, sometimes to be my own rhythm guitar player. And then also sometimes for me to be like a, just to create a space in which to be able to improvise over. Um, so um, it's, I, I love it. personally I love it. You know I love it. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. it it opens up. It gives me a little kind of recording studio at my feet, and right. then I can um, you know I can play the songs and the those kind of um, structures over the top of this. But it it. Um, it's very colorful, you know, in a kind of Monet yeah. kind of way or something. It's, right. it's kind of expressionist. Mm-hmm. That's the way I like it anyway. That's the way yeah, I, I kind of use it. You know? said, said, That's yeah. amazing. That's so interesting when yeah. you incorporate a, a different sound. It makes it sets you aside, aside from everyone else. So yeah. um, I wanted to say again yeah. for everyone tuning in late, we have Jerry Leonard, um, Guitar player, songwriter, producer. I have to say all those things because you are, you played with some of the greatest of the greatest and yourself. Um, you know, it's really interesting yeah. hearing about the time with David and then Suzanne Vega and Rupert Wainwright. I mean, it's just like, you know, and then yeah. your influences are just so vast. And it's true, Spence. It's, I got a really unique sound and you know what i'm picking up from you is um i'm picking up and and and, and spencer correct me if i'm wrong here he's got the same kind of vibe that uh he's very poetic um he's got that really different right. side to him rather than just a straight hardcore musician he's got yep. that that you know very sensitive to the music but also very um just very tuned into what's going on. That's yeah. how I feel. No, you're definitely right, Holly. Definitely right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, thank you, thank you. No, no, no. Seriously. Well, you know, 
I was going to say, I think, you know, I think music is one of the great arts, isn't it? You know, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's something because we, 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 we hear it and we use our ears, we use a different sense, uh, maybe than the visual arts or even the, the spoken word. But, um, you know, apart from lyrics, because uh, a lot of Spooky Ghost is instrumental as well. It's just, um, it operates on a slightly different frequency and, you know, it's, 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 it's it's part of uh, it's really important for us I think you know yeah mm-hmm. important for our survival and, <laughs> no absolutely so Monday you're playing and um, yeah. what are you currently working on right now are you on are you doing anything with Suzanne Vega right now or uh, I mean I know yeah, you have well, an ongoing we, thing okay yeah we have um, um, we have a few spot dates around um, we're playing at this beautiful uh, place uh, next week, Carmore House in in uh, upstate New York. Okay. Um, uh, but but really we go on tour in uh, in June and we'll go to Europe for about four weeks and then we'll come back and do some oh, wow. touring in in the states. And then um, in the meantime, I'm 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 doing some mixing on a record, and I'm uh, uh, producing. Another record of, out of Ireland, actually. Um, oh wow! Kind of. Oh wow! Trying to kind of Brian Eno style, in a in a very mm-hmm. simple way. In that it's got to be a remote, just in terms of their budget and everything like that. I'm trying to work with them, so they're sending me stuff and I critique it, and I'm working towards mixing it and having them redo some things, and I'll add to it, and then we'll we'll do a record. It's a one. It's going to be wonderful. It's it's very, it's very artistic. It's very um, postmodernist. <laughs> And is somewhere this the between. Album that you, is this the one that you just got back from Spain doing? No, no, that was a different one, Holly. That was a different artist, another great artist uh, called Manolo Garcia. And mm. he um, he's very famous in Spain and in Latin America. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really know his name here, but when we went and played with him in, in Spain, we played eight shows and... Um, he played fifteen to seventeen thousand people. They went crazy for him, and he wow. played, you know, for about three or four hours every night. But we were the New York band, and it was myself and Zach Alfred who played with David, and Jack Daly who plays with Lenny Kravitz, and Mark Goldenberg who plays with James Taylor, wonderful guitar player, and myself. Wow. And so we assembled. He wanted. He he wow. came to to New York to do a record after he heard David's Next Day record. He loved the Next Day record, mm-hmm. which was David's comeback record that time, and uh, asked me to put together a core group of musicians to make a record with him. So I did, and we did it here near me in Upstate Clubhouse Studios up in upstate New York. He came from Spain. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted us to go and tour with him. So um, wow, we got to go. It was one of those, it was a great experience. We actually, he could only play on Friday nights because he's such a big artist there. The promoters were like, look, you can only play on Friday nights at these stadiums. So he was like, okay, but I want to do eight shows. So we stayed in Madrid for, for two months and played eight shows. Wow. (laughs) It was a really wonderful uh, experience. Sometimes as a musician, and I'd say we were very lucky, um, and something like that comes along. We had a whole different experience. So I was, I was Could able you to imagine take, going to, to Spain London. and staying there and <laughs> yeah. having one day? I know, it was, one it was day such hard work. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you get to go around Spain during the day, during the week. Yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. It, was, it was beautiful. And, and his, his, yeah. uh, his people were great. They really took care of us. We had, a, we had an amazing time. We had an amazing so, time. So, Jerry, wow. tell us about Bozy and your, and your uh, collaboration mm-hmm. with Susan McCoy. Oh yeah. Well, the Bowsy thing, uh we pronounce it Bowsy. It's it's a it's kind of a Dublin expression for a, a kind of ne'er-do-well character, a kind of drunkard, slothful, you know. And we thought it was, you know, just as a character it was a bit of fun to call it Bowsy. But uh it's with Susan McKeown, who's also from Dublin but has lived in New York. And Susan is a great um keeper of Irish traditional she comes from Irish traditional music in, oh. that's her background she also writes her own music but she's got a, an encyclopedic knowledge of all that music and we had this idea I played on a couple of her records and we became friends and we had this idea to do some of these you know pretty ancient songs and to take them and put them into a kind of spooky ghost context and 
and rework them. And so we've been doing that over the years, and uh, we were just uh, trying to do some crowdfunding to try and finish it up, get it over the line, and get it mixed. And uh, but it's 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 turning out really well, and it's really fun. These songs are are amazing. Um, some of them have, have never been written down; they're just passed from singer to singer. Um, but we often get them; they have like 15 verses. Somebody always dies in the end. You know, it starts out as a love story and then some something happens and somebody dies generally so in these songs but they're 15 verses long and so we would you know kind of cut them down and and rework them and uh respectfully i hope and uh but also put them in this modern setting and um it's been really good it's been a really good thing hopefully it'll all see the light of day soon Mm -hmm. that's amazing you know do you have a website you can give out to our listeners yes i do yeah, um, okay. I um, I used to have just spookyghost.com, but I, I'm a musician mm-hmm. and I let it lapse. I thought it was junk mail and I threw away the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> somebody swiped it on me. So now it's jerryleonardspookyghost.com. It's Jerry with a G. Oh, nice. And okay. it's it's lengthy. But, you know, if you do a search for Spooky Ghost, I think you'll find it. But it, the website is jerryleonardspookyghost.com. And it's a simple site. But if you click around, you there, I do a blog there kind of telling of anything coming up. And there's some bio and there's some uh, some stuff about my guitar rig um, and uh, some photos and some videos and, you know, um, so yeah, go there. That's awesome. And I think the records are on are on iTunes. Yeah, I think they are. one is under one is under Spooky Ghost and one is under Jerry Leonard though. That's you know that's there's iTunes for you. It just right. confuses everybody. Yeah. Um but yeah. but um I, uh, I wanted yeah. to say the the pictures you sent me that um I posted that are in the player that everyone sees are you playing with David and all the all his other bandmates and stuff like that. Um, yeah. It must be high energy playing with David Bowie on stage. I mean, you know, and all the different people that you get to meet through that. It's just probably so interesting for you. I can't believe you met him in a coffee shop and he <laughs> wanted to see if he could walk <laughs> out. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow. David is an incredible performer. I mean, I'm um mm-hmm. he as as a on stage uh, he's he's a force he's a, he's a real force mm-hmm. and um he's 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 just a great um he came up playing live and he just knows how to get an audience and he knows mm-hmm. how to put his stuff across so you know it 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 becomes this kind of like um time that you know you, you lose all sense of time in a sense you're just up there with david you, you try not to you know trying to add to the to the energy of the thing and that was an incredible band we had sterling campbell on drums gail ann dorsey on bass the original wow. mike garson on piano and earl slick mm-hmm. playing lead guitar and oh, then Catherine God. russell singing and playing guitars and all kinds of things. Catherine is incredible. She sings with Steely Dan. She Earl, Earl Slick, uh, Jerry, is a very good friend of mine, and he is an incredible guitarist, Earl Slick, if anybody knows Yeah, Earl he's Slick. so great. He's, he's yeah. so great. He's so great. He's just, um, like, straight up, you know, in Staten Island, you know, and uh, right. plays <laughs> the hell out of that guitar. <laughs> and uh, we've, we're very different guitar players, too. And I think David really enjoyed that. We had this running yeah. gag. He would call me Irish. I would call him Pasta Man, you know, because he's <laughs> really a, he's oh, kind of Italian. Funny. And we had this, that's great. We had this fake feud that would go on. But it would, you know, it, it would. Um, <laughs> everybody really enjoyed it and would fuel it. <laughs> but we're, we're really good friends at, underneath it all. Yeah. He lives very close to me now, and, and uh, I see him regularly. But great. Mm-hmm. Great, great player. So that was a great band. Great, you know, really well, fiery band. And he would play for three hours. You know, we would play. Geez. We had a repertoire of 64 songs. We were playing, you know, four really? shows a week. Yeah. That's a lot. We, wow. had, we were like, yeah, it was on a roll. And that tour went for about 13 months uh, end to end, really. So it was, um, that was a great experience for me, uh, Learning how to play the guitar with, with David Bowie, I'll tell you. You know, being on stage with that man, um, it taught you a thing or two about what to play and what not to play. You know, 
Um, now, you mm-hmm. just did a tour, I know. Uh, you're very dedicated to Dave, and it's so beautiful. And you just, I know you've been doing a tour in Europe, but you did one, with, uh, like a, a David Bowie thing, right? Yeah, right? There, was a, there was a bunch of these kind of, um, like, tributes to David uh, this year, uh, yeah. in, starting in yeah, January. Yeah, that's the one, I think, in San Francisco that I was talking about that opened up out here first. Yeah. yeah, there was, there was a bunch Europe. of my my friends. Yeah, and I played the one in London, and I played some in Sydney with them. I didn't do all of that. I did. Some, I did. I've been at the Dublin uh, Bowie Festival, the first one um, in uh, the previous year, and that was the that was that was when David passed away. That's when we all got the news, and it was such a shock. Wow. So I was determined to go back, and they asked me back, and I, I was like, it's kind of a little bit um, local. Local lad makes good over there when I go there, but everybody's so sweet, and, and it's so nice to just go there and, you know, meet the fans and play some shows and join in the general kind of, like, festivities, because they love David there, and that's where we made the right. reality DVD, and it's a very special place for me. So um, mm-hmm. I went, I did the London show with with the big band, and then I went to Dublin and I did a few things of my own, and then I picked up with those guys in Sydney, down in the Opera House of all places. Um, oh, that's great. And it was amazing, yeah, yeah. Wow. And the, yeah, so we may do some more stuff um, um, down the road if it's if it's the right thing, you know? That's fantastic that you're able to do that. And then with your own sound, Spooky Ghost, you're doing some of that with Susie and Vega. So you guys are yeah. playing, when is it next week, um, in upstate New York? Yeah, and, that's, you're and it's Monday. kind of more of a, a private mm-hmm. private event, so I'm not sure it's okay. it's worth mentioning. But um, right. in July, we're, we're going to, um, I think she's going to headline the uh, the Newport Folk Festival this year. Wow. Oh, nice. Wow. Um, okay. Which, you know, is it's apparently it's, it's, they only really have one, uh, ever since Bob Dylan, they only have one uh, really electric act in, in the mm-hmm. festival, and we're going to do it this year. So that'll be nice. And we're doing a bunch of uh, U.S. dates around that time, um, throughout July. So there'll be some opportunities. All, all the stuff will be on her website. Um, now, where where in the states are you going to be playing? Are you going to be coming out on the West Coast? Um, well, I hope so. I love coming out to the West Coast. But you know, I'd be the last one California. to know that information. <laughs> I'd love to see you guys play. That'd be fun. Well, we do. Yeah, and we love coming out. You know. Um, California is very very special to me. It, it it was I remember the first time I ever ever went there, you know, because coming to America was one thing and then going mm-hmm. out to the west was was just a whole new level to uh, mm-hmm. to my experience of America. So, well, we'll have to stay in touch next time we come out. Oh yeah, I'll, no, I'll absolutely. Know. Are you kidding? I would love to. That yeah. would be so that would be so cool. Um, and maybe we'll get Spooky Ghost out to play um, Largo or something like that as well. We're always talking oh. about it, but that'd be nice. Come out to LA, yeah. do some shows. Hey Jerry, yeah, I'm going to try no. and catch you Monday night. I'm going to try and catch you Monday night if I'm in shape. Oh great! Yeah, yeah, come down. I have to be the last one for a while because uh, all the summer tours. Are you going to do the looper? Start. Are you going to play with the looper? Oh yeah! Oh you you Good. betcha! <laughs> you betcha! More than That'll one. That <laughs> would make my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Oh, Holly, I got to bring the uh, the people into. Yeah, something. I wanted to ask I, you to talk I met, about. I met Jerry um, at uh, the famous Marcus Dobby. Mm-hmm. I call it the music salon, Jerry. And uh, yeah. Jerry had it. Mark invited me and uh, Judith, and um, I got there and never met Jerry before. And um, and and all I know is that night has stuck in my mind, Jerry. It's one of the greatest nights I've ever heard music in some sense in a private little place with just a small amount of people mm. and just great music. I mean, you are just oh, wonderful and I have high respect for you. I've, I've designed for the f- very famous musicians. As you, I don't know if you know that, in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, we're, uh, you know, that whole thing. But but you are an incredible musician. I'm so privileged to meet you and have you on the show and have Holly well, and I uh, share this event, you know, with you. That's great. Well, That's thank awesome. you guys so much. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. We're so happy to have you here. And again, if anyone missed the show, it'll be available on iTunes as a podcast. And also Great. on Red Velvet. Me- Whoops, is that you, Spence? Spence has got a little yeah, I'm in his throat today. Oh, too. I 
<laughs> wow, that was that was intense. Um, and then um, it'll also be on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio on demand under the Indie Cafe. Um, and uh, you can download it. And if you'd like to call in, we're on for a few more minutes. Three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. And the chat room is open, and there's people in there. So I wanted to oh, let wanted, everyone Holly, know. I want to mention my event. Uh, oh, I do. Yeah, I'm not ending the show yet. No, hold on. I just wanted to say to everyone listening live, I want to thank you all for tuning in and, uh, you know, listening to us and joining us. We're here usually on Friday, and I do special shows on Wednesdays, um, breaking news and stuff like that. Oh, I wanted to say it's it's weekend. It's Friday. Please don't drink and drive. And it's Mother's Day weekend, the day before um it's Mother's Day weekend, so I want to wish everyone out there acting as a mother, meaning it could be a, a man, it could be a woman or a caretaker, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there that's taking care of your beautiful beings out there and giving yeah. inspiration to so many people. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Spencer, and, uh, um, go ahead, Spencer. Yeah, uh, I just want to tell everybody we have a very special event on May 18th. A gallery is asked us to tell our life. And for the first time, Judith and I are going to just ex- tell stories about the making, creating famous album covers in our life. Uh, if nobody knows, we're, we've, been, we've designed for 23 inductees in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, MoMA, and AIGA archival collection. And... Uh, We've done. We've worked with amazing artists in our life. Very privileged, and the show will be at the Howell Gallery, May 18th, in New York City at 6 East First Street. Uh, that's down the Bowery, and uh, 7 to 9 p.m. And Jerry, I sent you an invite. If you're in there, if you're around. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah. I, I did see that. That would be amazing. In the background, Jerry. How old is she? Yeah. Yeah, my daughter's 11, and she's oh, going wow. to her end of school, homeschool dance tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so there's cool a lot of preparations dance. going on. Is she in ballet? A lot of preparations going on. Uh, she homeschools. She she does do ballet, but um, wow. she's yeah. a homeschooler. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, they're having their 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 Friday night, da- end of end of term dance. So wow. big oh, night. nice. Big night here. Ooh. Does, yeah. she, does she have a boyfriend she's going with? Oh, <laughs> not, not yet. Not that I know of. I don't think so. Not, not yet. Not, I'm not ready. Uh, I'm not ready. Cute. Yeah. Cute. Not ready. <laughs> she's going to her dance tonight. That's sweet. Yeah, oh, that's really that's great. very yeah. sweet. Well, um, yeah. well, we hope that you um, and your family have a wonderful weekend and Mother's Day weekend. And uh we want to say to everyone out there again, um, make sure to check out um, Spencer's event next Wednesday at the Howl Gallery. Next Thursday, Holly. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thursday okay. at the Howl Gallery. Boy, you're going to be in rare form on Friday. We're back on air <laughs> on Friday. Yeah, and we can talk about your uh, event on Friday. So with yeah. that, oh, that's um, great. With that, Jerry, we're going to end our show with another song that you chose. That yeah. um, Let's talk a little bit about that song real quick before we end with it. It's start, yeah, so that song again? is called Start Again, and it's from mm-hmm. the second record, the Light Machine record. And um, okay. I always joke that it's that's my pop song. It's 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 my big hit that never was. Um, uh. But it was a song that. <laughs> Um, the yeah. first record it doesn't have a lot of kind of. This is closest to maybe like a more traditional song. It has a ver- has a couple of verses, it has a chorus, it kind of has a not a bridge but a guitar solo, of course, in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a it's 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 a it's a song that's that's really become a favorite and um, and I and I love it and it has this kind of sentiment um, about. Um, you know, I was studying Buddhism at the time, still I am, and, and uh, it has mm-hmm. just that sense of openness about it that, it, you know, the whole message, start again. It's just about that whole idea of us, you know, it's start again. We, we're always constantly starting, and I know in our lives we sometimes struggle with things, but it's generally because we feel we're blocked. And sometimes the way to, to get past that is to start again. So it's, it's, uh, it's not 
preachy, but it it has this kind of like aspiration of um, of like let's just keep 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 open and keep going, and be part of the part of the yeah. universe. So um, I think we need that. And being you know? and being in the moment, yeah, exactly. I get it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a very very, very cool, cool concept. Yeah, very cool. Well, stuff. so with that, we'll um, wish you adieu and uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend with your daughter and your and your other half, and that you guys have fun at the dance tonight. Yeah, and well, you know, it's her. perfect because they're they're looking at me here, and I think I've got to drive her to the to the dance right now. So oh, okay. <laughs> when go, you start go. playing this song, I'm gonna jump off and I'm gonna speed her off okay. to the to the dance. Okay. But it's lovely Fantastic. meeting and talking with you guys. See you, Jerry. Me too. Thank see you, Jerry. Thank you. See you, Holly. Bye, Jerry. Bye. Have a blessed day. And, um, thank you very and, much. Yeah, very welcome. And thank you so much for being here, both of you. And, uh, Spencer, thank oh. you for being here. And, uh, thank you. And, again, make sure you yeah. check out Spencer's event on Thursday at the Hal Gallery. And uh, we'll give out um, the link um, on Facebook. It's on Facebook and also on uh, the web as well. To Spencer oh, Gray you. and Judith Chavez. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend, guys. See you. Don't Cheers. Drive, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Now we've hit
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.